0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast for The Overshadowed, where I discuss different Black and or people of color true crime cases. I am your host, Michelle, and I am back with another episode today. So before I jump in, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this show Also, feel free to send me any case suggestions that you guys may have as well. And I'm going to leave the link where you can do that in the description of this episode. The story I have for you today is about the disappearances of not one, but two young women out of the state of Texas. The circumstances around their vanishing were almost identical, the stories about how they went missing were pretty much the same. And they were told by the same exact man who they both used to date and who they both were last seen with. This is episode number 23 of Black and Cold, and I will be telling you all about the disappearances of Taliba Islam and Tiffany Johnson. I'm starting this episode in the year of 2006, and Taliba Fatim bin Islam, who was often referred to as slim by many people who knew her, was just 20 years old at the time. She was the mother to a three-month-old baby boy, but she unfortunately was involved in a very tumultuous relationship. So Taliba had been dating her son's father, Chris Reville, for some time before she decided to end things with him officially. Chris was said to be extremely controlling and even physically abusive to her. Like many victims of domestic violence, at one point during their relationship, Taliba actually sought for help and even gotten a restraining order filed against Chris, but she still continued to see him with the order in place. An officer later came out and said that in 2005, while Taliba was nine months pregnant, she was punched in the head and stomach by her child's father. It would also later be revealed that the last time Taliba was seen, she may have indicated that Chris assaulted her again. On January 16, 2006, Taliba decided to drop her son off with Chris at his home in Fort Worth, Texas, so he could spend time with the baby. Although the two were no longer in a relationship, she still wanted her son to see his father. According to WFAA's reporting, Chris's sister that day said her brother got into an argument with Taliba where he punched her in the face and she heard Taliba say, quote, I think you broke my jaw. End quote. Chris's sister says Taliba proceeded to call her best friend to be picked up after this incident but that was the last time she has been seen or heard from again. Five days after Taliba was last seen, on January 21st, Chris decided to report her missing. He stated that she came to his house at around 8 o'clock p.m. on the evening of the 16th to drop off their son. Chris said that Taliba left and got in a dark green four-door vehicle, which he was unfamiliar with and she was with an unknown person. This was the last time Chris says he saw Taliba and told the police it was unlike her to leave their baby with him for that long with no contact. Chris eventually contacted Taliba's family as well and told them the same story. According to Taliba's sister, Haidia, who was interviewed on the Vanish podcast, after about a week into her disappearance, she reached out to Chris herself to see if he heard any updates on Taliba's whereabouts, which he told her no. Chris also mentioned he couldn't really take care of the baby on his own, and so Hydea was obviously like, of course, the baby can stay with me, and that's when her family picked him up from Chris's house. After giving his son off, Chris never put forth any type of effort to be in his child's life. Initially, Hydea and the rest of her family thought maybe Taliba just went off on her own, as she used to do that sometimes, especially after arguments with Chris. However, when she still wasn't home, and remember, they still have her three-month-old at this point, her family began to grow major concern. It appeared that she kind of just abandoned her child, but her family wasn't going for that idea. They knew this was not something she would do. Many of Taliba's loved ones suspected Chris had something to do with her disappearance, but had no proof to show for it. Now, it's not clear if she knew all the details of abuse, but Hydea knew that her sister's relationship with Chris was not the healthiest, to say the least. And while they were together, she became aware that some of Taliba's friends were actually scared of him. According to Hydea, Taliba tried to leave Chris on many occasions, and she even told one of her friends that if something happened to her, just know that Chris did it. Taliba's family searched for her and attempted to put flyers up. They made t-shirts, hoping they would get some type of tip on her whereabouts, but they were left with nothing, not even any information from law enforcement. According to a private investigator interviewed on The Vanished, who would later work on this case, because Chris was the one to report her missing, he was the person who was receiving all of the updates in regards to Taleba's case, which I would imagine was just so frustrating for her family because they were the ones initiating any type of searches for her. At one point during her family search, the Fort Worth police indicated their records stated they spoke to Hydea and she said she saw Taliba. Now, Haidea completely disputes this and says she never reached out to the police to tell them this at all. And this could all be a simple mistake, but this kind of gives off the indication that someone may have pretended to be her so that the police would not assume Taliba was missing anymore, which is kind of alarming when you think about it. Information on Taliba seems to be very scarce in my research, and her case pretty much went cold, unnoticed, and with no media coverage after she was last seen. Her child's father, Chris, didn't remain a stranger to the police during the years after she went missing either. He was in and out of prison for multiple types of assault charges and even aggravated robbery. Although Taliba's family raised many concerns about Chris having involvement in her disappearance, and even though he was the last person to be seen with her, he was never considered an official suspect or a person of interest. Even with his continuous criminal history, their concerns would also go unnoticed and not taken seriously until almost a decade later. Ty Nichols Golf is a new elite brand of clothing designed for your golfing needs. It is inspired by the historic golf course in Asheville, North Carolina, which is known to be a place where many black golfers played. The clothes are so comfortable, and you can find multiple options offered. They have classic polo shirts, hats, socks, and they have regular everyday hoodies. You can find all of their products on www.mooneymerch.com. So now we're in the year 2016, officially 10 years after Taliba went missing. And 25-year-old Tiffany Johnson recently moved to Euless, Texas, a town right outside of the Fort Worth area. Tiffany, who previously lived in Iowa and South Dakota, fell in love with the Lone Star State after visiting her twin brother Asher, and that's how she ended up relocating to Euless. It was also easy for her to get transferred through her job to a Texas location, making her transition much easier. Tiffany is described by her loved ones as being kind of a tomboy, athletic, kind, and her family says it is always easy for her to make friends because of her gravitating personality. She's the kind of person who would give the shirt off of her back if someone needed. Sometime after her move, which was in 2014, Tiffany began to date the now 32-year-old Chris Reville, who recently was home on parole. Initially, some people in Tiffany's family seemed to like Chris, and they got along with him. Her aunt Janelle says he seemed to be a nice, quiet guy when she first met him while visiting her niece in August of 2016, and Tiffany's cousin Alex says he got along with him pretty well also. He seemed to be trustworthy. Her family had no idea of Chris's criminal history, let alone anything about his missing ex-girlfriend, Taliba. But just like Taliba, Tiffany experienced Chris being very aggressive and controlling in their relationship. Now, her family never mentioned that Chris was physically abusive to her in any of the interviews I listened to or the articles I've read. However, It's very hard for me to believe that he had no shame in hitting his nine-month pregnant ex and just changed all of a sudden. It is also common for many people to hide these types of things from their loved ones, but maybe he wasn't. Either way, emotional abuse is still abuse. On her podcast interview with The Vanish, Janelle also mentioned that her niece got pregnant by Chris at one point in time, but she had a miscarriage. Chris continued to blame Tiffany for this and thought she purposely tried to get rid of their baby. Janelle went on to say Chris was very obsessed with Tiffany and before she disappeared she tried to break things off with him multiple times and this indicated that she knew she needed to get away from him it was just a matter of how. The two dated on and off for just about eight months. According to Janelle, one of the last things Tiffany would ask her for is advice on how to break up with him for good. And eventually, Tiffany did end things with Chris officially, and with time, she even began to have other male friends and go on other dates occasionally as a beautiful young woman in her 20s. Tiffany and Chris were done for about two months by the time the month of October arrived. On the evening of October 10th, 2016, Tiffany returned from work to her home on Tristan Lane that she shared with her twin brother and his girlfriend. And she had plans on cooking and eating with the male friend that she was seeing that night. So as she's home chilling with her brother, at around 9, 9.30 p.m.-ish, Chris, her ex, actually shows up. So Tiffany went outside to talk with him and definitely did not want him to be there the same time her date would come. So she didn't even put on any shoes. like She wanted her conversation to be quick and her intentions were to tell him, like, dude, we are not together and I don't want to see you anymore. So as she's outside talking with Chris, the guy she's supposed to have a date with actually pulls up. Now, he had no idea who Chris was to her, and he was actually going to be polite and say hi and maybe shake his hand, but Tiffany interfered with that and told him to just wait inside with her brother and her brother's girlfriend. From inside their home, Asher could actually see his sister speaking with Chris from the balcony, and at one point he could hear them arguing. Both Chris and Tiffany's cars were parked outside in the apartment complex. After about 20 minutes into their conversation, Chris and Tiffany moved to the side of the building for privacy and out of eyesight for Asher and the others that were inside, but their conversation could kind of still be heard. Another 20 minutes go by and this time Chris comes into the apartment alone where he says he got into an argument with Tiffany and she got into an unknown vehicle and left, which sounds a lot like Taleba's story, doesn't it? And if you guys recall, I mentioned Tiffany had no shoes on, so where could she possibly be going? But Chris then took some personal items from Asher and Tiffany's apartment, and it appeared that he was leaving. Asher tried to call his sister's cell phone, but got no response. Realizing something may have been wrong here, Asher went outside near the area where Chris's car was originally parked to check if his twin sister was out there, but she wasn't. And as he was outside, he noticed Chris was still there, but he moved his car. Asher now saw him backing up his white 2003 Ford Taurus into a grassy area of their apartment complex and the trunk was also open. Asher was hesitant to approach Chris, but he kept an eye on his movements, and he watched him close the trunk of his vehicle and drive away. He then went to the area where Chris's car was just parked at, and that's where he found his sister's cell phone, along with one of her black ankle socks, and her keys were also left behind. Tiffany always had her cell phone for one, and then to find her sock on the floor, Asher immediately called Chris and told him to come back, and he said, quote, this doesn't look good. You need to get back here now, End quote. Chris responded by saying he felt he was being blamed for something, but he told Asher that he would come back, and after about 15 minutes of waiting with no arrival from him, Asher decided to call the police. When the police arrived, they first questioned Asher and the others that were there. They then had Asher call Chris again, and he answered the phone, and one of the responding officers told him to return to the apartment. After about 25 minutes of waiting, Chris finally arrived where he was sweating profusely, and just to note, the weather was reported to be kind of cool that day. On top of that, this has to be around 11 o'clock at night, so his sweating was definitely alarming to authorities. So officers decided to question Chris, and they were also alarmed at the fact that he seemed to be more concerned about his well-being than the whereabouts of Tiffany, who he loved so much. CBSDFW played a small clip of Chris's interrogation with law enforcement, and he said, quote, I feel like everything's stacked against me. You're taking my car. I don't know how I'm going to get home. I don't know if I'm even going home, end quote. Reville told authorities that Tiffany could have gotten in a car with a mechanic or someone who was going to fix her car as she was experiencing car troubles recently, but authorities have proved that to be untrue. Other officers canvassed the areas of the apartment complex parking lot as Chris was being questioned. They didn't find anything in his trunk, but they did notice tire marks and footprints in the grassy section of the lot where his car was at last. And additional officers also began a search at Chris's home where he lived with his parents. In the backyard, they found some pretty unusual items there. Among them, there were a cami shirt, a black bra with a clasp stretched out, a worn down men's tank top, and a smartwatch with a broken clasp. The police spoke with Chris's parents at some point and they informed them that they weren't home during the hour or so that Tiffany went missing, but they did let them know that the items the officers found weren't there in their backyard early on in the day when they were actually home. On October 11th, Chris Reveal was arrested and charged with aggravated kidnapping, which later was upgraded to kidnapping with the intent to kill, which carries a pretty lengthy sentence. The tire marks in the grass at the apartment complex of Tiffany and her brothers matched his Ford Taurus, and the footprints there were also consistent with Chris's shoes. It later came out that no DNA was found in his vehicle nor at the scene. As Chris sat in custody, the search for Tiffany began almost immediately, but authorities weren't having any luck. From the time Chris arrived to Tiffany's apartment to the time he returned alone to speak with law enforcement was only about an hour to an hour and a half, so it wasn't really a long time, leaving many people to question what could he have done with her in such a short time frame. The same day Chris was arrested, Asher had to break the news to his family that his twin sister was missing. Deborah Stubb, who is their mother, was living in South Dakota at the time, and she took the fastest flight she could to Texas, arriving there Wednesday, the very next day. The search for Tiffany continued and expanded as more of her family members arrived from other states. They began to put up flyers with Tiffany's photos and ask around if anyone has seen her. People were searching for Tiffany on ATVs, horses, on foot, and even helicopters and cadaver dogs were included, but there didn't appear to be a trace of her anywhere. Law enforcement questioned residents in her apartment complex, but no one said they witnessed or heard anything, which I personally find to be bizarre, but many people choose not to be forthcoming with the police or get involved in these cases in general, so that might be a reason behind that as well. Um, but some of Tiffany's family were in complete shock when they learned that her ex-boyfriend was arrested for her kidnapping. Her Aunt Janelle wasn't the most surprised. Remember, Tiffany came to her seeking help on how to break up with Chris, and she recalls when she last visited her niece in August, just two months before she vanished, seeing some things that rubbed her the wrong way about Chris's behavior. She told Intrigued Full Effect Podcast that Chris appeared to be selfish on many occasions, and she saw some of his controlling ways as she spent more time around them. Janelle even asked Tiffany if she thought Chris would harm her, but she assured her aunt that he wouldn't. Chris even texted Janelle at one point, reassuring this thought. His message said to her, quote, no, I would never hurt her. I love her too much, end quote. On the other hand, Tiffany's very close cousin Alex grew a trusting relationship with Chris and he was pretty much blindsided by this news. Tiffany's phone that was left in the parking lot of her apartment complex the day that she vanished was taken by the police for further investigation and they were able to detect that she had no social media, bank, or any credit social security activity. It has not been confirmed if the clothing in the backyard of Chris's home belonged to Tiffany, but her apartment was about 14 miles away from his home, which again doesn't leave Chris with really a lot of time in this hour to an hour and a half time frame, especially with doing that drive. Chris was sitting in Tarrant County Jail and the news of his arrest began to show on local stations in the Fort Worth area. And with time, it ended up grabbing the attention of Hydea Islam, Taliba's sister who has been raising their son and still had no answers on what happened to her sister 10 years prior. As Hydea was watching TV, she was completely caught off guard seeing Chris's face on her screen. Hydea thought to herself like, wow, this man did it again and someone else's family is going through exactly what I've been going through. The two families ended up coming together and sharing their stories with one another, which they could not believe how identical the women's disappearances were. Remember, Tiffany nor her family had any idea that Chris had a missing ex-girlfriend, so to hear Taliba's story to say the least was just pretty much crazy to them. The police began to revisit Taliba's case after Tiffany's vanishing happened, and now, a whole decade later, they were considering Chris as a potential suspect. The private investigator that I mentioned earlier stepped in on these cases about a month into Tiffany's disappearance pro bono. She was interviewed on the Vanish podcast. According to her, she has been told by someone that both Tiffany and Taliba were in the same place and she feels there's a possibility that the two could be alive. She also went on to say that she doesn't anticipate Chris talking based on what people had to say about him. The case remained at a standstill and after two years went by, there have still been no signs of Tiffany anywhere. A $10,000 reward was being offered initially to anyone who can provide her location. Janelle expressed in her interview that there were a few moments that her and her family were doing the initiating as far as reaching out. She feels over time the police have given up on Tiffany's case and their searches for her. Her family has gone months without hearing anything from law enforcement, not even just a simple check-in, according to her. The search teams for Tiffany began to grow smaller and smaller over time, but her family, who resided in many different states, still made it their duty to travel to Texas and search for her when they could hey listeners let me tell you all about the glam magic brush and sponge cleaner y'all if you have been looking for a really good makeup brush cleaner this is definitely one to try i struggle so much when it comes to cleaning my brushes especially my sponges thoroughly but this product is so easy to use and my stuff just looked like it was just brand new again on top of that it smells good you can find more information about the Glam Magic Brush and Sponge Cleaner, its ingredients, plus their other makeup products on www.glamsessionsnyc.com. Now 35 years old, Chris Reville had his day in court. His trial began on August 14, 2019, almost three years after Tiffany was last seen outside of her apartment complex. Chris previously entered a not guilty plea, but was faced with many people who spoke out against him. Tiffany's twin brother, Asher, took the stand at trial. He reiterated that Chris was controlling and often aggressive with his sister, and there would be times that she'd cry because of this. Asher also explained that Tiffany was very nervous about ending things altogether with Chris, and she was nervous about confronting him on the day he came to their home especially because she was having another male friend over who she was interested in on the very same day. Prosecution told the court that Chris was obsessed with his ex Tiffany. He had hundreds of her photos in his phone and they stressed to the jury that he was the last person to be seen with her before she went missing. According to NBC DFW, they also argued that he was the only person with motive and the opportunity to kidnap her. Prosecutor Lisa Callaghan also added that Chris didn't really seem to care when Tiffany went missing, also telling the court that he lied to the police multiple times and deleted many text messages from his phone. Chris's defense relied on the fact that there was no DNA found in his vehicle, but that wasn't enough to convince the jury. The next day, Chris Reville was found guilty of aggravated kidnapping prosecution, along with authorities, believe Tiffany is no longer alive, but because they have not discovered a body, they did not pursue a murder conviction. During the sentencing phase, the state called several witnesses to take the stand. Chris's sister was among these individuals who, if you remember, witnessed her brother's aggressive and abusive behavior in 2006 with his child's mother, Taliba, who still has not been found. His sister also gave an emotional testimony about their childhood growing up, which brought Chris to tears, according to NBC-DFW's reporting. While on the stand, she told the court, quote, everybody has another side, end quote. The Fort Worth police officer who reported that Taliba was abused by him in 2005 and nine months pregnant took the stand as well. So all of the evidence from her case, her meaning Taliba, came back to help aid in his sentencing in Tiffany's case. And it showed that Chris had a pattern when it came to women. He was dangerous, and he has probably committed the same crime twice. At the end of the testimonies, Chris Reveal was sentenced to life in prison, which was something that not only one, but two families have been waiting a long time coming to hear. After hearing the verdict, along with the time he had to serve, Hydea, who never stopped looking for her sister, was overwhelmed with emotion. She told NBC, quote, I still feel my sister. This would not be possible without Tiffany. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. If this didn't happen to Tiffany, we would still be thinking of something of what we could do with Taliba, Tiffany's mom, Deborah, felt no different and felt Chris Verville was exactly where he needed to be. But that still didn't change the fact that she hasn't located her daughter, and it didn't change the fact that Tiffany has missed out on so many of her family's different milestones. Also telling NBC, quote, we need to find those girls and bring them home, end quote. Deborah and the rest of her family continue to conduct searches for Tiffany, even if they are in small groups. The original reward for her location was increased to $20,000 with the help of the senator from South Dakota, a place where Tiffany previously resided, a woman from Fort Worth, Texas, in addition to other family and friends. Although Tiffany has been presumed to be deceased by law enforcement, her family and Taliba's family still don't rule out the idea that both women may still be alive. A big theory that Janelle suggests is that both women were sex trafficked. She mentioned in that same interview with Intrigued Full Effect podcast that Chris previously was on drugs and could have sold them both in exchange for the money that he owed. And because Chris only had this hour to an hour and a half time frame to do something with her niece, she sees this as a high possibility. And I could see where she's coming from here. I mean, he made it home, which was a 14-mile drive, and he made it back to Tiffany's apartment, another 14-mile drive. It's very strange that authorities haven't recovered her body, which leaves that same question. Where could he have taken her in that period of time that she hasn't been found? Also, there's that PI who spoke on this case, who said she was tipped off that the two women were possibly together. I mean, we don't know if this is factual, but it can make sense. Then, when asked if she's ever heard of anyone reporting any sightings of Tiffany, her aunt Janelle also says that their family received three tips in the fall of 2019 from different individuals who have claimed to see someone who appeared to be Tiffany a few months before. And this was in the suburbs of Fort Worth, which is the Arlington-Mansfield area. The family followed up with the Fort Worth police in regards to these sightings, but according to Janelle, they didn't think they were reliable or sufficient leads. Chris has never came forward with the location of where Tiffany or Taliba are, which I kind of find to be interesting as he was given a life sentence. Other than the potential sightings of Tiffany, there have been no other leads in regards to her disappearance, nor have there been any in regards to Taliba. There is just, unfortunately, not a lot of information out there in regards to Taliba's case, but it still matters. Taliba's family continues to raise her son up until this day, which my heart breaks for. I mean, as a baby, he lost out on having his mom around. His father pretty much wasn't there, and now he's locked up for the rest of his life. And he high-key probably had something to do with his mother's disappearance. Tiffany and Taliba's information is both in NAMIS. If you are unfamiliar with NAMIS, it is the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. It is a centralized database that connects law enforcement, medical examiners, and coroners with resources to help solve missing persons cases, as well as people who are unidentified and unclaimed. Taliba's story is very typical in how many cases of Black victims are overlooked. I mean, just to put a theory out there, if her case was taken seriously, and I feel investigated thoroughly, maybe Tiffany's disappearance could have been avoided, who's to say? Both of these women's stories are also a testament to how detrimental domestic violence relationships are, and as you guys heard in this episode, both women have tried to escape their relationship with Chris on more than one occasion. But power and control is what drives these relationships. And until you are in someone's shoes, it is not right to judge anyone for what they go through. Two families are still living with not knowing where their loved ones are. And that's what's important here. They both are hoping to bring both Tiffany and Taliba home. It has been 16 years since Taliba has been last seen. She would be 35 years old today. Tiffany was last seen five years ago. She would be 30 years old today. Their families encourage anyone to speak up that may know something as it only takes one person. Their physical descriptions and distinguishing characteristics can be found in the sources I've cited in the description of this episode. If you have any information on the disappearance of Taliba Islam or Tiffany Johnson, you can call the Fort Worth Police Department at 817 817- Domestic violence relationships are never okay, and it does not always have to be physical. If you or someone you know needs assistance, you can reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will be back next week with another episode.